Getting cool outside. Double workouts. Delta terminology. Learning in the language. And a move to Taiwan? Shaisa. Monday, August 29th, 2022. I'm Steven Sersky. Hope you folks are doing well. This here is my audio digest if you're just tuning in. And I publish this uh, every Monday to Friday. So for the next week, you can try this out. Listen uh, five times a week. I try to post pretty regularly between, like, I record this late in the Beijing evening, um, usually about an hour, an hour and a half before I go to bed. Uh, so if I'm ever yawning, that's why. And yes, I have sort of thought about doing this earlier, uh, but uh, one of the things I've focused on here with this uh this this daily audio podcast is to uh, talk about some of the things that sort of happen uh, in the evening um, because it's usually when I have a lot of time to get other things done that aren't work-related. And as a result, uh, if I spend all day working, uh, then you know I don't usually get around to doing other stuff until after 5.30 or so, right? So that would be the idea is to talk about some of these things. Now, Luckily, this weekend, I didn't work, so Saturday, Sunday, I was uh, free, uh, and I was able to get some other stuff uh, done, notably the Delta stuff, which I've uh, started looking at. So, yeah, this is the uh, my audio digest. I, I do, I've started live streaming it as well on YouTube. You can watch that, um, and I have been slowly piecing together uh, a, a method of, um, I was thinking about actually putting up a separate website for this, uh, just because it would keep thing it would keep things sort of separated from my podcast uh and then that way well we'll see this one there's this one and then i also have a language vlog that i've been uh, that i was working on this weekend as well so uh but this one you know i'm able to just uh, i do put the links i put the live stream links uh on the show notes for all these uh episodes which you can find on my website stevensersky.com uh and uh you can you can watch the the rebroadcast you can watch the uh, the stream again if you like uh, and it, uh, have a laugh at what I look like <laughs> currently growing out my beard uh, not a lot of people are commenting on that thing's huge and this one I'll tell you because this one actually I this time round that I'm growing out my beard I have I have basically not touched it this is untouched pure mountain like in the bush sort of haven't seen a razor in a long time or a trimmers or anything like that. Uh, I've never grown it out this way before. Last time I grew up my beard, uh, it was, uh, I actually sort of shaped it a little bit as I went along, notably along the, the, the cheekbones, which I might start doing later on in September as uh, this beard growing project uh, comes to an end, at least for... Uh, this decade, <laughs> this year anyway, we'll see. Uh, but uh, whether or not I sh- trim it all off at once, I don't know. I kind of like having a, a longer beard, but at the same time, it is all over the place. I mean, I understand it's like, hey, Bushman, you know we do have modern technology that can take care of that, right? <laughs> you don't need to look like that. I get it. I got it. Anyway, getting cool outside. Went out for a run this morning, and yeah, like in a t-shirt, Sorry, I, I actually I wore my long sleeve shirt today because I was like, even walking outside, I was like, geez, it's it's still cold. Yesterday I went out for a run in a t-shirt. And I was like, nah, this is getting cool already. And I know, what, three weeks ago, which is hard to believe, three weeks ago I was saying, oh, you know, it's 
so, so hot outside, careful hydration, uh, 80% humidity. And now it's like, it's literally dropped so much in that time. Um, it's actually quite surprising, but, uh, I did manage to, uh, I get my double workouts in today. Uh, today was the steel club workout in the morning and then the squat and 20 in the afternoon. Uh, both of which, you know, I'm I'm happy to say that they're getting easier at the same time. Uh, I know that I could probably do more with them. Like I've sort of just keep kept on repeating the same sort of, uh, routines and stuff like that. Uh, mainly because I haven't felt like changing anything up. It's just, it's mindless and I can get it done. Uh, but, uh, I know for instance, with the, um, steel club, one of the things that it is actually kind of a, a heavy steel club. Uh, so it's, it's 10 kilograms and I knew it was heavy. I knew I, it was a touch too heavy when I first bought it, thinking that I would build up the strength for it. Now, the problem with that approach is that the the steel club and doing those sort of ballistic movements, um, even with the steel club, steel club is different from working with a kettlebell and different from working with dumbbells uh, and things like that. So it, it's you do need to work on your 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 shoulders, your uh, like all the little muscles that sort of support the big muscles. That's one thing that you if you're going to be doing some of these ballistic movements. Uh, you can't swing a 10 kilo. I can't. Okay, I can't. I cannot swing a 10 kilo uh, steel club the way that I would, um, you know, move around a kettlebell, and like definitely not the same way that you'd swing two lighter ones. Now, you, if you go heavy with these steel clubs and even the mace bells, uh, you can go ballistic, but then even still, you have to learn the technique of swinging these things because if you don't. You could hurt yourself if if you don't hit yourself. You could hurt yourself by moving in a, a way that your body's not used to, the muscles aren't uh, conditioned to doing, and it might just be too heavy to move in the, that direction, right? So it's, it's you do have to be a little bit aware of um, how these things are meant to be used. Uh, I always just kind of figured I, they they were like swords, and I was like, well, I'll just throw it around like a sword. <laughs> Mostly because when I, I, I bought it, it was two years ago, year, last year, I think I was watching Vikings at that time. Uh, and I might have had a couple of shots prior to purchasing it, purchasing it, thinking, yeah, well, of course, you know, Vikings had swords. <laughs> the Kozaki had swords. I can have a sword. Well, I won't have a sword. I'll get a steel club because, you know, at least that's acceptable in uh, modern modern cities, right? You can do that. Uh, so that's why I ended up getting with the 10 kilos. And the reason I got the 10 kilo was because my lightest kettlebell is uh, 14 kilos. And I figured anything less, I could actually just swap out with um, different water bottles of different sizes. And I did that. And I do see the, the the problem with it. First of all, water bottles are not not meant to be swung around, so the handles can fall off. But the other thing that you have to be careful, uh, and I, I've talked about, you know, using um, these soap bottles and like detergent bottles and stuff like that. You have to tape them because the plastic is sharp, and if you don't tape that, it's going to you know rip your skin off. But you can do it, and like three liters is three kilos, or four at four point five liters is four point five kilos. So you can measure it pretty well like that. And I have a series of these things. 
um, that I use for different sort of lightweight, kind of like if you had two smaller club bells, you could do it that way, or two smaller kettlebells, you could swing, you can move them in the same way, and that was the idea, was to have something lighter, and then use the steel club as a heavier ballistic. Now, today I have, uh, I've purchased a six kilo uh, mace bell, so we'll, uh, I, I just bought it, so I'm not sure when it's going to come in, it's like 20 bucks, 117 choir or something, I'm like, sure, why not? Um, we also got paid today, so that was <laughs> that contributed to the uh, um, the, uh, the the buying of new stuff. Um, now the difference: why would I buy a six kilo steel mace, not a uh, six kilo steel club? Couldn't I use one of these, uh, you know, Jimmy rigs that I was talking about? Well, with the mace bell, the the weight is on the far end, so. With this, there's two things. One, it's not going to be heavy enough to really do um, the heavy swings and stuff like that that I can do with the, uh, the the steel club. But at the same time, I can still use the swing. It's as it's as if you're swinging one of those uh, detergent bottles at the end of a stick, right? So it's a little bit different. It's only six kilos. I got a six kilos. I'm like, I'm not sure if I trust myself with this thing just yet. But the other thing is that in using... Uh, a lighter one like this, I can do those different, uh, I guess you'd call them thrust movements with the uh, the steel club and the steel mace and with the mace. Uh, the idea being that you can, it seems like it's easy to move six kilos in, a, in, a, in one direction um, repetitively, but then you try to move it away from your body and you realize that the weight, even a light weight, moving it from your hip to like diagonally across to the other shoulder out in front of you a foot away two feet away you know arm's length it's not the easiest thing I mean, you do that a couple times 10 15 times and you get pretty sore so that's the idea that i have for this and if i um, feel so inclined uh going into winter i might get another one a heavier uh mace bell um we'll see if that uh i don't know it's it's an idea it's just one of those things where how much stuff do I need uh, lying around and how much stuff do I want to have here uh, before it's kind of like, um, not that I'm thinking about getting a, uh, a gym membership. It doesn't make make sense to get a gym membership because, again, I'd, I'd rather spend a 3,000 RMB every year on buying stuff that I could actually use on a regular basis and not have to wait for and not wonder if like what's been touching this thing uh, so or who's been touching this thing, I should say. So that, that's sort of uh, what I've been thinking. Um, that, so that's that's the first gym purchase that I've made. The second one, I was talking to a colleague here, and he, he said that he has a rowing machine in his apartment. I'm like, what? You have a rowing machine? Are you, what? How? And I'm, I, I know people have these things. I just didn't think anyone I knew had one. Sure enough. It's, I guess it's in his, uh, maybe it's in his landing area, or I thought it was the kitchen, but maybe it's the landing area. Apparently, it folds up. He has a Concept 2, and Concept 2 is actually a decent machine, apparently. I mean, they're 7,000, 8,000 be new, and I'm like, I'm not paying that. Um, I'll get a used one, so I'm looking for a used one right now. They're about 3,000 used. Uh, the problem is, is that, uh, as my apartment is rather small, um, there's limited room. <laughs> like, even now, it, it's, it's full of stuff that I'm going... I'm not sure which half of the stuff can go away, but uh, some of it could leave. 
given probably even if I got rid of the clothes though it's like that doesn't really free up any room the 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 floor space itself is restricted in how much stuff I can actually have on and a rowing machine I mean it's not like I just put it on the wall or could I (laughs) oh that does give me an idea I could get some shelves put in (laughs) but not for the rowing machine no of course not uh so that's sort of the idea is to um I don't know. I was thinking this. Uh, I was talking to him, and he's like, well, he, he uses it all the time. I was thinking, well, you know, actually, not a bad idea because going into the winter, if I don't have to go cycling outside, uh, I'd rather not, <laughs> because I've been doing these, um, you know, off day sort of what would you call them um, uh, workouts, right? So the idea being that I on Tuesdays and Thursdays I would do rowing or cycling instead of um, uh, running, right? So that was the idea uh, going forward, though. I mean, going into the winter, um, is it possible? Uh, it could be. It, uh, it's certainly an idea. It's just whether or not noise, cost kind of, but not really, doesn't really matter. But then also uh, space. Like, it's just, where where would I put it? Where would I put it? Where there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> Put it in the hallway, wake up. No, I'm not going to do that. No, terrible. Someone would take it. I know they would. Uh, But so we'll see how that works out. Uh, I did uh, start the Delta uh, terminology book reading, uh, Scott Thornbury's uh, A to Z of ELT. So this is like your standard terminology book uh, for uh, this uh, this Delta for the ESL industry. Uh, and uh, it was recommended. It was recommended to me to just start reading this thing. So I spent uh, part of Saturday and Sunday um, going through some of the t- terminology that is in this book, and it's just it's just a book of definitions. That's all it is. Uh, and so I've been reading through it. I find it fascinating. I'm not going to lie. It's one of these things where they, uh, as reading about first language acquisition and then order of uh, acquisition, um, like needs analysis was like that seems like a no brainer. They actually, needs analysis is just finding out what your student needs or what the learner needs and then developing a, a syllabus that matches that sort of thing. <laughs> Pretty standard stuff. Um, so I was going through some of this, starting this prep work. I figured if I could spend an hour every day reading in English, which is not as hard as reading in Chinese for an hour every day, or even like doing my, my vocab is now taking me an hour a day on uh, for Chinese which I I say it's taking me an hour a day. It takes me an hour whenever I get around to it because it's difficult to sit down there for even 15 minutes to um, get the uh, the Chinese characters done. I should start doing that. I, I First thing in the morning, I should just wake up and automatically start reviewing Chinese characters. Got a David Goggins that, right? You can have a, a nap or you can get up and do your Chinese vocab. Uh, thinking, you know... One of the things, but with studying this Delta, uh, because <laughs> the funny thing is, as um, I've signed up for this Delta course, I'm now hearing that a few more people are leaving. <laughs> like, people I thought were staying are actually leaving. And I was like, okay, that's, uh, what have I done here where I've sort of signed up? I seem to be, like, the only one not getting something here. I, uh, You're right. I, I'm Either I'm too comfortably ensconced in my apartment that I just signed a new contract for today. Just paid rent for the first three months, too. So, I mean, uh, I'm here for at least three months. Um, After that, good question. 
But uh, the Delta is going to take three months, and there's a third mod module after this, part three. Uh, so that'll occupy me until like March or April of next year, which is hard to, like, I don't even want to think about that, to tell you the truth, because that's a long ways away. Uh, and given in that time with the Delta, I'm going to be doing HSK-5 as well. I mean, this is just insanity. What have... What am I doing here? Why am I taking on so much so much of this? But I will tell you, the Delta, so I'll give you one little reason why. The Delta helps feed into the idea of language acquisition, de uh, developing um, sort of a better methodology of not just learning, but of teaching languages and being in the ESL industry. And I don't seem to be leaving it anytime soon. Uh, I figured I, the Delta is a good diploma to have. HSK stuff. I mean, it's because I've been in China for so long. Now, if I wasn't in China, I've said this before, where else would I go? And so one of the things that does keep me entertained, distracted from the fact that I'm, I have nowhere else to go is studying Chinese. <laughs> so I continue to do that. And then of course, if you, you've been paying attention last year or so, uh, to distract myself from that distraction, I've started studying another, another language uh, that uh, cannot be named at the moment. So that all of this it's like i'm just distracting myself from what i don't know what else would i do what do people do with their time good question was thinking though um because uh with reading all this delta terminology and talking to a few people about the hsk uh, five stuff and everything uh learning the language and the culture like is it is it necessary to survive and to thrive in that in in your adopted culture because one of the things that as an expat, uh, we sort of skip across that, and uh, maybe people who never live overseas would never really appreciate this, how you want or you need to feel comfortable where you are. And for some people, particularly expats, you feel comfortable not knowing a lot of stuff, but like it can be disorienting. Uh, especially if you remember back the first time you lived anywhere else, uh, you know, how it was kind of refreshing, but then it can get aggravating because there's a point where you're you're oblivious to what people are talking about. They could be talking about you. They could not be. Uh, as you learn more of the language, you find out that they are talking about you sometimes. Uh, and But are you able to respond? Um, and then sometimes when you are aware of what's going on, but you can't interact because your language level isn't good enough, it's that's what drives a lot of friction as well and can cause some issues when uh, when you're living overseas. If, if you're not able to satisfy, like to resolve that issue, uh, to uh, reconcile that issue, then, uh, you know, how long do you have? Typically... Basically, whenever you move to a new place, it's six months, seven months of a honeymoon period. Then after that, you sort of know within that first year whether or not you'll stay again. Uh, and then after that, I mean, I guess how easy is it for you to just keep on doing what you're doing? Whereas here, it's like a, it's a, a WeChat message. Hey, you staying for another year? Hey, you want to come in and sign a contract? Sure. Why not? Whatever. You know, not like my landlord who has been asking for money every week for the last four or five weeks and I'm going how bad are you at money management I paid you a month ahead of time and it, you didn't give me my money back I was asking for it because I knew I knew you well, okay, I didn't know you were going to misspend all your money and be so desperate but I mean 
I asked for the money back so I could earn the interest instead instead of you, but you chose to keep it. And now you're at she was she's been asking me since the beginning of the month, can you give me money? Can you give me money? Can you can you give me money? I'm like no, I can't. I, don't, I get paid once a month like everybody else in this country. Uh, reconcile yourself with not knowing. <laughs> with being uncomfortable, basically, is what it comes down to. I moved to Taiwan. So this was interesting. I know I'm running up uh, over the 20 minutes as it is right now. Uh, but one of these things did pop up in this conversation with the... Uh, uh, my colleague here who uh, also has the rowing machine. And he was talking about Taiwan. I'm like, Taiwan? Wait a minute. That's like China. I mean, Chinese speaking. And what about tickets? So this is actually uh, came in, became a, a question because on Saturday I was, as I, uh, sometimes I get these, uh, there's uh, expat focus here in Beijing. They publish these lists of flights that are uh, still available uh, from mainland of China, Beijing, right? And I'm going, okay, well, I see one to Vancouver. So it's, uh, but let's see, uh, through Air China. Now I have to make this clear. It's through Air China. It's, this is not like a, a discount travel broker or anything that it's through Air China. How much is it to go from Beijing to Vancouver round trip? And I picked two dates, which was actually kind of not the best dates to pick either. September 28th to October 13th. Now, for those of you who are familiar with those dates, National Day falls right in between that, which means all the tickets are jacked up. Those ticket prices did not go down very much from that price. What was the price? 73,000 renminbi, which is about $13,000 Canadian. I'm going to find. <laughs> and that's how families get separated. <laughs> well, there's probably other reasons too, but uh, that'd be one of them. $13,000. Hmm. Or, so then, being the budget backpacking traveler that I have been in the past, I go, well, you know, that not going to happen. I'm not spending $13,000. I'd, I'd wish, I'd like to make that money so I could do it without thinking about it. But, uh, and, you know, given that you're spending 13000 get the business class. You may as well. They'll treat you like an actual human at that point. Uh, but uh, $13,000, you can do a lot with it. You can travel through the whole country regardless of the Omicron, whatever it is, that what's going on now, literally for months, make your way down to uh, Shenzhen, cross over to Hong Kong, fly over to Taiwan, and then sit there for a couple days or weeks or whatever, and then fly back to Canada. You know how much the flights were from Taipei to Vancouver? $1,300 Canadian round trip. I did choose different dates, though. I chose later on in October. I, not like it really matters. Um, so I was thinking, yeah, that's a, I mean, it's a $12,000 differential. <laughs> Substantial chunk of change. Uh, but uh, so got thinking, you know, actually, would a move to Taiwan be in the de- in the card sort of thing? It's an interesting idea. I don't think I'm leaving anytime soon. Especially not that I've started doing this Delta thing. Although, to be fair, everything is flexible. I can I can get out. I can drop out of this. I'd have to pay back the funding that I got, whatever. Uh, but uh, that can that can be taken care of. HSK, I mean, can pick that up in Taiwan as well and keep on going. Maybe even transition to uh, traditional characters instead. No, not just yet. That would be a very difficult. Yeah, it's like. 
<laughs> traditional characters. You haven't even gotten to HSK five yet. Hmm, that's kind of a kind of a step up. Uh, so that was the idea. Moving in Taiwan, uh, taking thirteen thousand dollars and seeing what you could do with it. Sort of like on, on the way from Beijing down to southern, like to to Hong Kong. I think you could do a lot with that, you know, sort of thing. Whether or not it happens, it's not going to happen anytime soon. So uh, safe and sound so far here in Beijing. Committed to HSK five. Committed to get at least Delta Module one done by December. Then we'll see what that what happens going forward with that. All right, folks, I'm going to leave it there. I know taking up your precious time. Hope you were entertained. Hope you learned something. And all the show notes, tracks, and vids are available on my website, stevensterski.com. That's where you can find all the uh, archives for this daily dot, daily audio digest. And, of course, come on back tomorrow or I yik-yak about some other stuff that's going on. All right, folks, thanks for listening. I appreciate it. We'll talk again. Bye-bye.